All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksicans? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? My name's Mark Marin. This is my podcast. You're listening to it. I call it WTF. That's what it's been called since the beginning. Even before, back before we even knew that it would become what it is. There was a reason for it having that name. And that reason dissolved away in terms of what the show was and turned into whatever it is now. It's like a long time ago already. Man, been a long time. We're coming up on 800 episodes. It's crazy. 800 unique episodes. Never missed a Monday or Thursday to put new content into your head because myself and my producer and business partner, Brendan McDonald, are compulsive workaholic people that need to keep moving and keep doing it and staying on top of it and making new stuff. It's what we do. Speaking of new stuff, is everybody all right? Are we okay still? Are we you okay? Just remember, there's a difference between normalizing and trying to function. Remember that. No normalizing, but do try to function. Please. Don't give yourself cancer. Don't start drinking again. Don't start doing heroin for the first time. Don't lean into the bad stuff that's annihilating. Stay in the saddle. Just make some space in your mind and your life to live it. Look, but I, I'm just talking from experience. Someone brought fucking donuts to my house this morning. I stay the fuck away from donuts. All right? Because I know there's no end to that. No end to a, a donut when there are several more and stores in the neighborhood and around the country. Right down the street, I got Donut Friend, the guy from Drive Like Jehu, Mark Trombino, I believe he was the drummer. He's got this donut place down there. They make basically donuts filled with whatever you want. There's all different shit. So I had a meeting over here at the house with some people and some guy as a kind gesture, brings a box of varied donuts with stuff in them. And my reaction is never correct in those situations. You know, it's a nice thing the guy did. There's several of us there. And I'm like, why? Why would you do this to me? Why, why, why are you trying to kill me through either artery clogging or shame? I don't want to strangle myself with my inner shame rope today. But I hadn't eaten donuts in a long time, so I ate four of them. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm still, I'm kind of in the middle of the buzz. So I'm going to try to, but my, my point is, it does feel some days where I'm just sort of like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's just do all the bad shit that makes me feel good. Why the fuck not? But there are better things to do. Stay in the saddle. Take care of yourself. Stay vigilant. Stay focused. I know a lot of people want to know how they can like uh, support charitable causes, which I think is good. It's better than killing yourself with donuts. And maybe a, a healthy mix. Donuts and charity is good. Uh, but there's a way you know, to give support to organizations that are protecting people and protecting our freedoms. And I'll tell you what we use here at the show. And this is not a paid plug. This is not something they asked us to do. They don't know that we're doing it. We just think it's a great tool 
and uh, you can use it too. We use Charity Navigator. You can enter an exact charity or just search by keyword, and they give you a very detailed breakdown of the best charities, including how much money goes directly to services and charity functions. It's actually a a really great site, charitynavigator.org, and they have nothing to do with this show. I want to make that clear. And again, they have no idea we're giving them a shout out, but they're important. They're nonprofit, and they can help you help other people. Help your fellow humans. Feels good to give. Today on the show, Jennifer Coolidge, the very funny actress Jennifer Coolidge. You know her from a lot of the Christopher Guest movies, from American Pie, but she's definitely a memorable presence. Uh, for, she's uh, hilarious, and I always was always curious to talk to her, so she's, uh, she's here today. But speaking about busy, about doing stuff, about things done, glow. The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. The show I did with Allison Brie and Betty Gilpin and a bunch of other people for Netflix is premiering June 23rd. Seems so far away, but I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, I've done a little ADR work where I go in and redo lines or this or that, and I see little bits and pieces of how the show looks, and uh, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a great show. So look forward to that, Netflix. Glow on Netflix is uh, premiering June 23rd. Dig it. I'll be in Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse tonight to hang out with you guys. I'll be at the Music Hall in Portsmouth, New Hampshire tomorrow, Friday, to hang out and talk about things, get some laughs, hopefully, work through it, rise above it. I'll be in Montreal at Olympia de Montreal on uh, Saturday in the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto on Sunday, which is sold out. Hey, you want a little cat update? I can give you that. Buster Kitten is doing well. He's, I think he's somewhat of a genius. I've decided that he's part Abyssinian cat because of his face and his ears and his long body. He uh, fetches and brings back what you throw, which is a, I've only had one other cat like that, Fat Moxie. Uh, and he also seems very thoughtful and on top of things, and uh, and chaotic, and a fucking pain in the ass. Monkey and LaFonda are fine. Deaf black cat persists, exists, and seems to be eating well out back. Scaredy cat, too, is up front a lot now, replacing his predecessor, who uh, tragically was hit by a car not long ago. And that's that's what's happening in the cat land. What am I reading? What am I listening to? How am I finding enlightenment well oddly i've been reading this book uh altamont the rolling stones the hell's angels and the inside story of rock's darkest day by joel selvin and it's fucking great like it gives all the forces that converged on that concert where that guy was stabbed by the angels and you know well, a lot of us have seen the movie a lot of us know the the rough sketch of what what happened but you know how the the San Francisco was involved, how the dead was involved, how the hippie thing converged with the biker thing and the, the bad acid thing. And then the stones just starting to emerge as the version of the stones that became the greatest rock and roll band, the biggest rock and roll band in the world at that time. They hadn't toured the States in three years, but 
It also, there's something about all the different angles that are approached in this book and all the research that was done about the shifting of the sort of peace and love 60s into the just dark, evil, speed-driven chaos that kind of put the nail in that era's coffin. But it's great, man. Especially if you're a rock fan, especially if you know you want to know the whole story and, and, and how, it, how it worked culturally and just how jarring, you know, like it was just crazy how that concert came to be. It wasn't the plan, man. So Jennifer Coolidge, it's fun, man. It's fun. Uh, she's uh, right now in the cast of Two Broke Girls, which is in its sixth season on CBS. It airs on Monday nights, but you, you know her. You know her from a lot of stuff. Okay, this is me and Jennifer Coolidge. You know, you talk about stuff that's a downer and you like talk yeah. about your depression and stuff like that, but you don't act depressed. I mean, you don't. Well, I'm a comedian. So, you know, I've, I've figured out a new language for it. I mean, I imagine that if you listen to a lot of funny people, I mean, if you just turn the knob a little bit, you're like, no, this guy's sad and fucked up. <laughs> Thank God he's got a good disposition, chipper attitude about it. No, I don't sound, sometimes I can sound heavy hearted, but I, I have, uh, I have, I fight a fight against that when I feel it. Cause you can feel it. You can feel like it sort of drop out and it's like a fear thing, you know, like when I got to travel and like, I, instead of like get depressed or freak out or I get full of dread, but then I just, I get, I get angry and I get, you know, just crazy. I go that way. I try not to go to the, oh, God, I don't like that. I don't like that place right there. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's me. I, I'm just very, um, I go low energy where I just like, yeah, I flatline. Do you? When I'm yeah. Really? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But do you, do you, are you able to, are there people that are able to get you out of it? Or you, how long does it go on for sometimes? Oh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've always yeah. had it. You've always had the darkness pervading. Or, or around the corner, or or weighing I down. So. I think, yeah, I think what happens if I heard there's a book written on about the yeah. something about the overly sensitive kid or the overly sen- I, and I I think that's who I am. I think you know what I mean. Just you know, it's just a horrible way to live because not a lot. So much of the stuff has nothing to do with you, and yet you feel every every cricket in the room that can't get out. You just oh like, yeah. You know, so you're just kind of like. You're so busy feeling everyone else's feelings, you don't, you know, you're sort of, yeah, you're exhausted and it's not even your stuff. Right. You know? And a lot of it you might be making up. Yeah. <laughs> you are so right about that. I'm sure. Look at that. You're right. So, it's, you're absolutely right. I projected all this stuff onto the cricket and he's fine. Yeah. He's not he's even paying fine. attention. He's, he might be as happy as he's ever been. He might be having a good day, that cricket. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I was talking to Rachel. Uh, she uh, works for me in New Orleans. Uh, just this amazing young girl that is so much more capable than I am on every level. And so it's just really, she should be, you know, what? I should be her assistant. And that's for sure. But there's but, always I mean, time for that. There's always there, time it for was that. coming. It's yeah. coming. I'm, <laughs> um, You've had I a good run. I mean, no, I don't even get a run. I have like, I have someone, they're my assistant for one day and they decide that they're superior to me in every way. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, there's nothing you can do about that because it just shows how smart they are. Yeah. You know, they're like, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can get a handle on this lady. <laughs> well, just feel, I, you know, they, I feel, they feel better. You know, they, they're like, 
Oh, I can run this. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's not doing it. She's not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, I was on the phone with her and I guess, you know, I have this house in New Orleans and she's down there and um, I don't know, someone uh, someone want to use the house for a photo shoot or something. And, yeah. um, and, and they were sort of after they sort of agreed to it that you know they wanted to change the price of it whatever and i was right. like oh and i was like talking to her whatever and she's just like you know what just we don't even need to have this conversation jennifer just like <laughs> no just say no and right like, oh and i'm like <laughs> well that's the problem like, you know try to take her down this long train ride or whatever and then she's just like no yeah just say no like it's just so simple and you were worried about <laughs> putting the photographer out i imagine yeah because we we'd, yeah, i guess we'd had them one time before yeah and they're you know they're not even from this country i don't know them there's no relationship yeah. but somehow i go into this oh, whole he's thing. Gonna be a, yeah. oh and he'll be sad and he won't be able to make do that project you know it's the same thing like, we no. were just talking about that yeah, sensitivity right. yeah but you're right it could, it could be all wrong it could be like you know yeah they'll probably get over it <laughs> oh, I think they're over it. I mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, and it's. It, I guess there's self-importance in that too. In there too, right? Where you like? Yeah, I think so. Where you think that you know what, the, or, what and, and everybody's and, feeling, right? And also, I think there's probably like some sort of weird. It gives you the illusion of not really control, but at least a, a little bit of control. I don't know. It's it's probably pretty complicated. I I have it too. You know, like I. You know, like you were coming over. I get concerned. Yeah, I want to make sure the bathroom's relatively clean. I straighten the pictures on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want you to walk in and be like, "Wow, what the fuck is this? Who is this guy?" I don't know you. I kind of, I kind of know you. I know kind. I, I, we have common friends. I've, I've, I've built a relationship with you through your work, but that doesn't mean anything. So I was nervous, and I, and I assumed uh, the, not the worst, but I, I, you never know. I feel like it's good, though. I'm, I feel comfortable. You? Yeah. I mean, I would have to say that you give off the exact opposite, that you don't really, you know, you're kind of like, hey, come on in and... Uh, well, what do you... I got to... I mean, you your want? bathroom is very clean, but um, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it wasn't just because of how casual you, right. you're, you know... Well, it's probably been worse, <laughs> but like... <laughs> no, it's very... Here's, here's what here's literally what I go through sometimes when I have particular actors and actresses over is like 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 for instance Annette Benning came over here and I don't know where I have her I idealize people I put people on pedestals almost everybody in my mind right so like I, now I got to worry about the bathroom because Annette Benning's going to use the bathroom you're going to use the bathroom it looks fine it's a bathroom yeah. but here's what I always think when I uh, when I have actors over, it's like they've shit in porta potties. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are they going to judge my bathroom? We're actors. We've been in the in that horrible trailer bathroom. How is it? Yeah. How, we're 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 grown people that have been around. We've been in. We've gone to the bathrooms in bad places for all kinds of reasons. That's true. I mean. <laughs> I would rather go out in the woods than those porta potties. I mean, if they were just like Jennifer, the woods is over there. Yeah, there's something about like there's like twelve of them in a row. Yeah, the worst. This and is the worst. they have like a window to the other person next door. Yeah, you can hear everything. You can hear everything. You're just like you know, and it's just like I, how could anyone like yeah. feel? Uh, and then there's just relaxed. there's no exactly not relaxed, <laughs> but also there's no movement. Like you just. I, I, they've give, they've haunted me forever. I really there, there's nothing more nauseating to me really than those things. I I have, it's horrible. It can ruin an entire. Don't see this is the the horrendous <laughs> obstacles people in show business have to to hurdle. Just like the the realities of like all right, I'm gonna 
I need to go to that porta potty. Oh, the light's on in that one. And uh, I think the grip is in the next one over. I don't really know him. <laughs> but now we're going to have yeah, a very intimate are... experience. Also, you can't see the bottom. And who knows if there's someone down there or not. I mean, Oh, really? You could... <laughs> you... <laughs> so you think. What wasn't a... there like a horror movie where the guy was at the bottom of the porta potty? Sure, there's a horror movie. And it was also, I think, uh, there was an Auschwitz movie where. Where some kids hid in there. There's uh, all. It's not a good place. It's no. not. And then there's that horrible movie with. Uh, it's not a bad movie about the miners. Uh, with uh, were they in the porta potty? Well, it was. Oh, it was just a terrible, brutal. Uh, it was um, with that actress who was in Monster. And, oh, Charlize. Yeah, Charlize was yeah, in it, and yeah. she her dad was a miner, and then she wanted to be work in the mine or the you know in the and and she was a woman, and then the guys were you know they were bullying the women. And then one woman was in a porta potty, so they they turned it over with a tractor thing, and it was terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why. What, what's going on? So, so we've established that we don't like porta potties. I apparently will. Well, I'm able to use them if I have to. My bathroom is nicer than that, and that uh, I give off the. I, I'm I'm pretty relaxed, but you know, I I just want to make sure things are nice for yeah, for no, people. I get it. No, no, you know no. what I mean. But just know if you did it or if you had a cleaning lady do it, just know your bathroom does look really good in there. Well, thank God. Yeah, yeah. I because I only have the one bathroom. This is a small house. That's the other thing that I, I have. Uh, I have insecurity about the size of my house when people come over because you know I could probably be in a bigger house, but there's only the one bathroom and the two bedrooms, and there's no way there's no way to sneak away. You got it. You're in there with my products. Right. Yeah. Did you think I was going to lift? Maybe, maybe. There's nothing to lift oh, unless you need antifungal cream <laughs> for for athlete's foot or uh, some some medications of some kind. Nothing exciting. A friend of mine was telling me about how he has this friend that had this snake named Violet yeah. that he kept in the bathroom, and it was sort of coiled up next to the toilet. And I just thought, like, he was like, you'd get in the bathroom and you'd like sit on the toilet, and he goes in and. You look down and Violet would sort of be staring at you. A snake next to the toilet. Yeah. He said it was just that Violet had this look on her face like, I don't know. You know, so that, really? like, and I just thought like, to me that like, you got to have like a snake next to the toilet to really, <laughs> to really, <laughs> really bum me out. Because <laughs> um, I did a movie once where the snake that the, the stunt snake yeah. peaches, it was like this movie with Jared Hess and the snake was really good for the first part of the day and I, yeah. and uh, another guy had it around his neck and then at one point the guy I'm dating and at one point it comes over and sort of like supposed to sort of mount my boob yeah but somehow Peach has got this weird look on her face the snake yeah like yeah. we were like three quarters of the way through the day and I was like yeah Peaches Peaches looks different <laughs> and <laughs> There's something up with peaches, and my and, boobs about to be involved. Yeah, in. and I guess I forget how it went. It just uh -huh. it went a little. It you know, she, peaches didn't bite me, but it went a little bit sour. And I just remember, like you know, the end they have YouTube has all these videos of snake modeling things that, yeah. where where it goes horribly wrong, and then oh you know, really? So it can go wrong. Yeah, You've, I didn't know those existed. I I don't know why I assumed they wouldn't. I guess I never really yeah. thought of it. But nothing. The everything worked out with you and yeah. I mean, I yeah, I didn't get bit or anything, but I remember just how like it had. You know, you can look at the you can look. His face got different halfway through the day. You know, he just started to look like 
Oh, you know, I've had enough of this. And you know, you don't blame them. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's not it's not what the snake signed up for. He didn't sign up. No. <laughs> this is no. not what life of a snake is supposed to be. No. no. So how'd you end up going finding a house in New Orleans? Why'd you choose there? Mainly, I don't think I, I don't know if I really would have discovered New Orleans if it hadn't been for my sister going to Tulane and you know, I went down to visit her a few years times. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I was just blown away by it's sort of this undiscovered secret. I mean, of course, more people are, it's catching on so that, you know, more and more people are figuring out how cool it is. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, fe- I really fell in love with it and um, came obsessed with it. And every time I had a break on a job, I would go down there and just look, hang out? look at real estate. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, I saw a house in the French Quarter that had never been messed with. And it was, you know, just just so interesting and you know, with the shutters and everything, everything, it just yeah. yeah. And so I became obsessed with like finding something, and eventually I found a house, and I st- I have it, and I go down there on my, you know, I'll work like three weeks on here, and then have a week off, and I go down there. Really? Yeah. And that works for you. You just you're able to yeah. just walk right in, just like you know, it's everything's there. You got yeah. someone working for you down there. Yeah. It's got all... the food in the fridge when you get there. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. All, yeah. And it really nice. brings you like peace and. Yeah, and it's sort of the opposite of here. You know, it's sort of... I dream of getting out yeah. of here. All it, yeah, all it would right? take... Yeah. I, but this feels... I feel like you're... I, was, you're, I feel like I'm kind of away from yeah. the hustle and bustle. Yeah, here. I don't in, enter the hustle and bustle much, but I, there's, it, it, it starts to eat at you somehow, this city. I'm not sure, because everybody loves Southern California and LA's got this reputation, and yeah, there's a lot of good things about it, but something eventually just starts to creep you out yeah i you know it, it's hard to explain like i lived in new york a long time and i knew exactly what it was i didn't get creeped out in new york there was just too many people right up on me and here like it just gets to the point where you're like i, I don't need this every day this guy is right next to my face you know because you're on the train or whatever but here i'm not sure what it is the traffic really existentially bothers me i can't get around it you know look i don't like traffic but there's other stuffs that are the other stuff that is actually a bigger bummer, I think, than the traffic. I mean, if like you, what? you said to me, like, I just, uh, it's a lonely city. Exactly. Yeah, if you're like, single, especially. If yeah. you, yeah, if you just want to, if you want to hang out with anybody, it's a big fucking ordeal. You got to plan a week ahead. It's hard to be spontaneous. Like in New York or something, probably New Orleans. It's like, yeah, I'll walk over. I'll meet you there in yeah. 10, 10 minutes. I can be over there. Here, yeah. it's like, oh, fuck. So you want like seven tonight? It's two now. I should probably leave now. <laughs> you know, it's like... No, you're right. There's no spontaneity. Yeah. You know, I was like saying to Rachel in New Orleans, I was saying to her, it was like 8.30 on a Monday night. And I was like, do you think if we threw a dinner party tonight, anyone would come? And she was like, she's always very positive. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Whatever. Like, so the next thing you know, like, you know, we've assembled 10 people on a Monday night. You know, at that, like, I don't, I don't think I could ever make that happen here. No, just, you know, it just no. wouldn't happen. I, hardly anyone comes over here. I mean, they would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you came. They come to to talk to me on the mics. How long have yeah. you been out here? <clears throat> Let's see. I came out here. Oh, I don't know. Like early '80s didn't work out. wasn't Didn't go so well. I went to an acting school out here, or whatever. And then I left, and I came back. I think 1990, and I've been here ever since well you know you're a, a special person and uh, you're very uh known and you have a, a certain place in the comedy hierarchy as, as being a uniquely funny person that does something that no one else does and it's a it's a great thing so like i for i want to hear why it didn't work out because that sounds like a great story 
But uh, I want to know, like, where do you come from? Because I can't even identify. Like, if I were to to try to guess where you come from, I wouldn't even know. Really? Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Like you, you, you. To me, you're a person that just appeared here on the landscape <laughs> of comedy in Los Angeles. Like, I can't. I, I'm having a hard time picturing you as a uh, as a person in a place when you were younger. Well, I um, I grew up in Sweden, and I was a famous stand-up in Sweden. No, you no, weren't. No, no. no, I'm. It's boring. I'm from uh, um, Norwell, Massachusetts. Where's Norwell? I know Massachusetts pretty well. I started oh, my do? comedy career. Oh, just, you, know, you went to BU. Right? I went to BU. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I think we're probably around the same age. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I think we are. Yeah. So yeah. okay. So then we're probably around. Like okay, let's go through. Where's <clears throat> what's Norwell near? Uh, it's on the South Shore. Oh, it is. Uh, like going toward the Cape. It's yeah. right next to like Cohasset. Oh, really? Uh, Cohasset. Yeah. Do you grew up on the beach? No, it's just it, no. We no. We, actually, we were on like a little, a little like river. We, my father, my father and mother actually sort of got it right and actually picked a great, beautiful little spot that yeah. had, was on a river and stuff. But no, I wasn't doing the comedy thing at all. I was just kind of really a lost soul for for a long time. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Driving yeah. around, drinking, smoking yeah. cigarettes. Hanging, yeah, hanging out with I guys. Was Jennifer. 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 Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, and I was just like, I have really bad circulation, so I'm always cold, no matter where I'm on the beach, and I'm cold. So yeah. it was really the wrong town to be in. And uh, like, I would stand at the bus stop, and like, I remember it's like, you know, I was only like seven years old, and I, I'd click my heels together, and I'd be like, God, please get me out of this town. <laughs> I'm so cold, and. Didn't Don't work, bore. huh? You were stuck here. there. How many siblings you got? Oh, I got a brother and a sister, and a sister is is down there in New Orleans. And um, oh, she lives there. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. She, she fell in love with a guy down there, and oh, so you got family there. That's nice. So that's yeah. And actually, uh, her house uh, backs up to my house. It's very weird. She bought a house, didn't know that her house. It's a weird story. My, yeah. I don't know. She, somehow she didn't know that her house backed up to my house. Anyway, it does. It's wild. It just worked out that way. Just yeah. So so Boston is so specific. That area, the South Shore, is so specific. There's such a specific kind of person that I was, you know, I was in that area for six or seven years. And there's a lot of like Jennifer. Like there's a lot of that. Like, would you go get clam rolls and stuff? <laughs> That's all we did. <laughs> Smoke cigarettes and and yeah and clam rolls, no. lobster rolls. No, but I do like that New England. I do. I have to say, there's Beautiful. something about like the. New England guy, yeah, girl, that yeah. just like, there's just like you say, they they don't know how to edit and you felt like they were always answering honestly yeah. about everything. That they're like, yeah, we're not going to stay here because it's just not, not fun at all. Your house isn't fun at all. Like you just always knew where you stood and everything like this. And it's like, I think that's why, maybe that's why LA is hard because, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's you never know where you stand. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's such a guessing game here. But yeah, you're right. New England, and they're they're a little tough. They're they're kind of hard yeah, to get. But pure, hard. there's something so like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is about the Bostonian life, so whatever that makes you so unable to schmooze, right? Or something, it just, right? So they don't have this schmooze factor at all, or any way of like. It's sort of right, and they're all pretty. You know, I don't. I want to generalize, but I always met really good people. But they are kind of, you know, they're a little rough. You know what I mean? You got to keep yeah. up. You can't be too soft. 
No, but they're very innocent in some yeah. weird way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it, there's a very regional feel to it. It's very provincial. All of that, you know, a lot of people don't go away; they stay there. They don't. They, you know what I mean? They're yeah, not. Yeah. Like, and when you go away and come back, they're like, "What'd you do? What'd you do out there? Is it terrible? Those yeah, people are no. fucked up." No, you can go back there at you know any time, even you know now, and you know it's all all this. It's can, all like you can that. Still party. Yeah, you, know, you can party anytime. Yeah. Plenty of partying going on. Yeah. So when did you, what, what did you do? You Did you study acting in college? I did, yeah. I went to Emerson for a while. And you then did? I, yeah. But were you there with like Dave Cross and those kind of people? Was there anyone there that, you know, that we know now was like, what, Dennis wasn't teaching there yet. I think Dennis was still, was kind of a hot shot. Yeah. When I was there. But I wasn't there very long and I, I had a... I kind of fell in love with a guy at the school, and I guess yeah. that wasn't very good. So, so when he left, it was kind of like <laughs> not a, not a good situation. Well, just not, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I think it was time to, you know, look. I'd been in my my I spent my entire life in, in Boston, and it was time to go. I think. Yeah. And then I thought, well, you know what? I've learned everything I need to know. I'm going to go to L.A. and be an actress because you know you can study it all you want, whatever. Right. And, you know, and of course I sure flew out here, and I became you know went to uh, an acting school out here. Which one? Uh, it doesn't even exist. I guess it's in Hollywood now, but it used to be up in Pasadena. It was called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And it was just, it was the only way I could really get my dad to to help me out with, you know. Moving and stuff. Oh, yeah. You're just living, you know, if I'm in a school, my father always used to say, you know, Jenny, if you if you want to work on having a saleable skill, I'll always support that. But, yeah. um, you know, so. <laughs> what was his saleable skill? Uh, he uh, manufactured plastic and fiberglass. Just yeah. raw stuff, so people can yeah make for stuff. like uh, Boston Whaler, all that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. And your mom, what'd she do? And uh, she was really kind of a housewife. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. But you know, he um, it's, it, it's interesting because he ended up being this you know incredible environmentalist. You know, just so worried about the environment, and you know, he was like talking about global warming. You know, way before anyone else was. Yeah. Sort of interesting that he started off. You know. Is he still around? Fiberglass. No, no, he passed away uh, uh, last last summer. Um, Sorry. So anyway, but he made it to you know, he's like one month shy of ninety five. Oh that my was god, good. that's a pretty good run though. That is a pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's just think about like. Yeah. I mean, like to, I think of like my life. I got like forty something years. What 40, 40 years to go? Pretty, yeah. Hopefully, like, or I mean, not. I mean, I mean you know, yeah. of course I don't. Like, there's no way I'm going to make you know. <laughs> not after all those clam rolls and cigarettes, right? No. Um, <laughs> No, but you know, I just uh, you know, who lives that long anymore? I you know, I mean, I think it's really hard. Some to make people it to are that li- age. well, I don't know. Some people yeah. are, I think, are living longer. They are, but I mean, I think you know, ninety five is hard. Yeah, to get there. And, you got to have the uh, genes to do that, but maybe you got them. I don't know. You know, he did say to me that uh, he said he thought the eighties were excellent. He, he thought the nineties were overrated. I overrated. He, <laughs> I think he thought the nineties were a little bit rough, but uh, <laughs> but you know, he even like you know when he got this sort of deadly cancer at the end he was like you know i'm really jenny i'm really looking forward to the next chapter i'm just very excited about the next i mean i've never heard anyone say that i've just at any age yeah (laughs) i can't wait for that next i mean he's very uh had a good disposition yeah and was just convinced that you know a really fun thing comes after this yeah Yeah. I i hope he's right God, I re- yeah, I do too. Yes. Yeah. 
So you came out here and you're at the American Dramatic Arts School. Yeah, yeah. And it just, like, you know, after the school, after my little stint at the school, I came down and moved on to Hollywood. No, first I went to Venice Beach and lived there, and that was kind of a disaster. And then. And you're like 20? How old are you? Yeah, I was like 20. You know, I was like, I was dating this guy, and his brother's parrot was loose in his apartment so that like it didn't matter where you were in the apartment it would eventually just fly over you and like just you know dump on you yeah i just remember like being in this like apartment in venice (laughs) covered in like just parrot dung and thinking like this wasn't what i (laughs) (laughs) not the plan this wasn't what i had in mind but yeah so (laughs) what did that guy do uh, he was a waiter. We both were waiters at a restaurant in Venice Beach, and and uh, so then, yeah. So then, eventually, I I left with my tail between my legs, you know. And then it's funny that that everyone has that first L.A. Like if you, some people come here and they never leave, but I know a lot of people that came and that were spit out one way or another, either by mm. themselves, because you know you come out here with this idea that you're going to do this thing, and then you get out and you realize like it's very spread out. And, you know, how do you get into this thing? And where the fuck am I? And then you just get defeated and you get a job and you have no idea how to make any headway. And you end up just like drinking or in an apartment with a parrot. And you just like have that moment where you're like this, this fuck. There's no, no, no way to get in. No. So you leave and you go back home? Yeah. And you're like, Jennifer's back. (laughs) What is that parrot shit on your jacket? <laughs> no. no, but yeah. So I I, uh, I came back. Yeah, I came back and, and like it was really depressing. I remember I like worked in like this weird weapons like lab. It was like a photo lab where they did. Uh, I think it was called like Raytheon, and they like make you know. I think they make you manufacture weapons, but I couldn't believe that I went from parrot shit to weapons photos yeah and that was like yeah so that was uh but you know i don't know how i was able to turn it all around and went to manhattan for a while and oh yeah and then i um i went to rehab when i was like 27 and i think for that what? really um for for booze no i mean well it was really actually cocaine so oh yeah yeah so you're doing blow down on the cape no, I went to Manhattan and then we were doing a lot of it there. Oh, really? Yeah, and then it was like I living was, the life, huh? Yeah, living the wow, that was so glamorous, so glamorous. How long did it take for you to hit the wall? Um, well, let's see. It was like I think it was like a downhill ride from like twenty to twenty-seven. I think it was kind of oh, that's a pretty good run. So you went to Manhattan where you like twenty-one. And you were what? What were you doing there? Yeah, Where were you like, living? I think it was like twenty. Yeah, from twenty three to like twenty seven, I was just really just, you know, I worked at you know I, people know this story, but I, I worked at this restaurant called Canistels on Nineteenth and Park. Canistels, I remember that place. And and Sandra Bullock was like the hostess, and I was one of the cocktail waitresses, and and uh, sort of interesting. The whole place was sort of everyone was an actress that yeah. was waitressing, and yeah. and and then. Uh, yeah, I just like the shift would go from like 5 p.m. till 2 and then 2 the night begun for a lot of us. Yeah. Just, and New York enables you because it, it everything's does. open until like 4 and then reopens or does at it? 5. Yeah, stuff doesn't close too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, so that was really... Uh, Were you acting at all? 
No, but I was telling everybody I was acting. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I'd be like, I, I was auditioning, so I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm really close on this <laughs> stuff, you know, but like. <laughs> Nothing. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't going well. So how hard, did you, like, where did you, like, what made you check into rehab? Did your folks step in? What no, happened? I was so glad. Some a friend of mine, like that, lived a couple blocks away. Sort of saw, you know. I think I, I went to the emergency room a bunch of times. And thinking and, you were um, dying or with what? No, I think I ha- like I called him when I was always. I used to call him when I was in there, and say like, you know, I really blew it again, Stephen. You know, whatever. But eventually, you know, it took you know I don't know three or four times. He was like, all right, I'm calling your parents, and he did call my parents, <laughs> and they. Poor, my poor innocent parents from yeah. Massachusetts drove up. Oh my God! I mean, they just had no idea. And um, one time, my sister said, uh, "I went to visit her down in New Orleans," and she was like, "Oh my God, Jennifer, your head is too big for your body." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> but she was right, you know, yeah, I mean, you're just like someone like that actually knew you had the guts to say something. But anyway, yeah, so uh, this friend of mine, Stephen, like called him up and said, Ugh. you know, you got to come down here. And, and so they, you know, put me in a rehab out in Minnesota and everything, and I got sober. And thank God for that, because, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, it was sort of life changing. I kind of got my, my, yeah. act, my act together. And, and yeah, uh, well, that's a, it's, that's a, uh, that's a horrible moment, that moment where, you get so submerged in a lifestyle that you begin yeah. to think like, well, this is how I'm living. Like you you lose touch with how other people live and then you go visit somebody or somebody visits you and they're just sort of like, what the fuck? And you're yeah. like, what? I what? know, right? <laughs> but you know, the thing was, it wasn't, you know, I think it was like I was feeling sorry for myself because my dreams, my dreams weren't happening. Yeah. You know, but then, you know, how can you really pursue them when you're like, you know, partying every night? And you know, I, you know, Sandra and I weren't great friends. We weren't yeah. like, you know, but I have to say she was like, she was actually doing it. She was actually doing the life. She was, she was actually like, I'd run into her at auditions and stuff, but she was, you know. She had it together. She, at 2 a.m. she went home and prepared right. for her. Audition. Yeah. And I would just be like, well, let's see. It's 6 a.m. Should I go home or just go right to the audition? <laughs> Or where you get in, you go into an apartment building and everybody is going to their jobs. Oh, the worst. Oh, and you're like in your black dress, <laughs> your high heels. The, yeah. Walking out to a new day after you've been up all night is really oh. one of the worst fucking feelings in the world. The I cannot worst. watch oh, yeah. a sunrise for any reason. I just can't, even if it's pretty, I can't like that feeling no. of like not sleeping. I know. And just knowing like you're fucked, no, no drug is going to help you. You're just fucked for a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. But it is weird too because I have such judgment about it now. Like, you know, if I like, you know, if I'm in a bathroom and someone is like, and I'm waiting to use it and someone's like, you know, do you want me to leave a line in there? You know, I, I you know, I left you in Legally Blonde. You want me to leave a line in the toilet seat or whatever? <laughs> You're like, no, no, you know, but, and you're like, that drug is awful and it, uh, it leads to terrible things. <laughs> you, you say that? Wanna, no, but I mean, you're thinking like, how could I have liked it for as long as I did? Cause it, it, 
Like you don't really get anything out of it except, you know, weight loss. Weight I loss. Mean, you you know can I mean? drink like, more. And for about yeah. an hour, it's spectacular. It is spectacular. It is for, I, I say, I say 30 minutes is good. You 30? But, but, 30 minutes? And then you're chasing it. But, yeah. but it is weird that like I could have gone that long because it's, you think I would have woken up one day and just said like, this is so nowhere. Oh, man. And, and I. When I was in Boston, man, I was working at like up in Coolidge Corner. You know, like a, like a restaurant, and I would work the the shift for dinner, and you know, and then I just remember like we all had to wear these polo shirts. There was red and green polo shirts that said uh, Matt Garrett's on it. But then if you if you just went back and changed into your regular shirt, you could just go sit at the bar. So like I'd work the shift, and I'd change my shirt, and I'd close the fucking bar, and then blow all your money, right? Oh all yeah, right. yeah. You just spend all your tips, yeah. at the bar, yeah. And then maybe get a half gram of blow, yeah. And like, and I was doing like it wasn't even New York. I was doing blow in those towns where you grew up. Like I'd get jacked and go do stand up, and then drive around New England. It was just like, and I'll but you were you. probably funny. That's the weird thing. Yeah, I felt yeah. I felt like I was never interesting or funny ever on that stuff. I was I very just... intense. I think annoying would probably be a better word. <laughs> well, don't you think everyone's annoying when you're if you're not doing it and you're sitting with a bunch of people that have done it? You're like, <sighs> you are all so full of crap. You are all so full of and it's just, it's so just nowhere. A, I, it, like it skeeves me out to talk about. I it. know. I did too. I just got the creep. I just got the like the just those like those, all like, night like, sessions. Just you're just hanging out with people because they have drugs. You know, like, in, and you're just talking to people and it's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. And then you don't feel yeah. time going by anymore and you're drinking. Like, it enables you to drink more than you could ever imagine. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like 4.30 in the morning and someone's like, should we get some more? And you're like, oh, yeah, probably. At 4.30, what do you think's going to happen? That was the other thing is like, can you do yeah. blow? It's like, any second something's going to happen. Nothing ever happens. No. End up having horrible sex with somebody for too long i always thought that was weird though that guys would supply cocaine for girls to get to get you know to have sex with them i always thought like for a lot of us girls like i just the last that's the last thing you wanted to do like the minute you started you were like by the way (laughs) i'm never (laughs) we aren't doing and yeah like i i feel so incredibly not what you think I'm feeling. I mean, I just I don't want to. I don't want to do any of what you well, think. So, and the fucked up thing about that, that, like that sex, know. is like the guy's all jacked up. You're jacked up. Your mouth is always dry. Everything dries out. Yeah, and then, it's and awful. then like if you end awful. up doing it, you know the guy. It's like you know. Then you got to like r- try to fucking get it up, and you don't even want to be fucking. And then it's just like this nightmare of yes. like that takes too much effort, and it just you know. Yeah, but this is the great thing about <sighs> No, no, I know how you have the creepies right now, but let me tell you, this is what's great about it. Yeah. That you and I aren't going to, after this, go try to score... A half gram of blood yeah, and like, or an eight ball. Yeah, and like, you know what I mean? Like, I would, I think, as an older person, that would be a real bummer to be... Doing that still? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, to have, you know, because a lot of people, they, they discover it, you know, much later in yeah. life, and they're like, oh, wow. And it's still going on, right? I'm so yeah. out of the loop. Like I, think I don't. It is, yeah, I I know. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, there's two girls going. Like sometimes when I go out, you know, to a I don't know some you know a, a even a restaurant. Sometimes when two girls go into the stall together, yeah. it's like, well, I, you know, I don't think they're brushing each other's hair. Yeah, I mean, they could be, but I I always <laughs> feel like they're you know. 
doing a bump. Doing a bump, and it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, like I said, that's the good thing. It's like, I, I'm not, that I'm really done yeah, with that chapter. It, feel, it's it good. feels very far away to me. But, uh, all right, so you go to Minnesota, and you clean up, and then what, you come back out here? Yeah, I came back out here. Came back in 1990, and thank God, I I think, you know, people always say to like, what, do you have any advice, you know, yeah. as far as I can, and I think it's like, if you get in some program or some place where you're on a stage, yeah. you know, I think that's the way to go. Even if like no one's going to the show. Yeah, but, sure. But the, I went to the Growlings and uh, and that sort of changed my life. What you, So like what year was that? Um, Like 90. Yeah? yeah. So you, you auditioned to do, to be in the Groundlings. Yeah. And I was doing it. I was doing there, there was a little, uh, there's smaller thing. It was called like Gotham City. It was on the East Coast. And then I came out to... On a, on a vacation, I saw what the Groundlings was, and I was like, oh, I want to do this show. Who was in it when you saw it? Julia Sweeney was in it, and she did some amazing characters. Yeah. And I think Kathy Griffin was in yeah. it. I think a bunch of Lisa Kudrow. Wow. All I know is that I was like, when I saw those shows, I was like, this is what I want to do. And then my timing was kind of good. I was in, you know, we were all, it was like. Did you take classes first? Well, I was just finishing. I only had like two to go, and then I ended up in the Sunday company and the main company. You but... mean the ones you took in New York counted? Yeah, they counted a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, and then you know, New York said I sucked, and then uh, you know, the woman, the woman that I kept getting as the teacher was like, "I'm sorry, Jennifer. I'm gonna have to repeat you because you really don't seem like you know what's going on." And she was kind of right because. I was, what, what is repeat? Oh, you had to take it again. Yeah, and I think she, you know, what she was picking up on too was like, you know, if you get sober at twenty-seven, but you've sort of fried yourself. I think, like, I, I couldn't, like, it's really a true story. Like, you had to have one of the first things they do in the ground is you have to be able to come up with some sort of activity while yeah. you're talking to someone. And I'm not kidding. For the first like two years, the only I'd be on a golf course and I would be. Stirring a bowl of uh, batter with a spoon. <laughs> I'd be talking. That was all I could think of was, okay, I got a bowl and, and a spoon. You know, stirring the I batter. I could be on a ship and I'm stirring. I'm not. I'm not steering the ship. I'm, my batter. <laughs> and uh, why that one? I don't know. It was just, uh, and I couldn't, I could never think of anything else. And then, uh, so maybe that's why she repeated me a bunch of times. But, She's uh, just waiting for you to change up the behavior. <laughs> maybe fry an egg. Yeah. Yeah, please, Jennifer. Pe- my God. Space work. Come on. Make something with that batter this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. But then I guess they, you know, they didn't know about that at the West Coast Growlings that I could only had one sort of. <laughs> You were they the batter know. girl? Yeah, they had no idea. So they. So you brought the batter out here? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then it was really exciting times. It was Will Ferrell. Yeah. And um, it was Sherry O'Terry, Chris Kattan, Chris Parnell. Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of them on here. Yeah. Yeah. Really exciting times. And and, um, and how does it work? You get the main stage show or what? Yeah. You get, once you're in, yeah. Once you're in, the only thing I always think of that the Sunday show is so exciting because you didn't know if you were in. And I think there's something so exciting when, you, when you're- Why is that? How did the Sunday show work? I don't know if anyone Well, you can get kicked that. out of it. And so there's something really great about like, once you're into the main show- Yeah. I don't know. I always felt like my material was less interesting because you're in. You, they can't kick you out. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, when you're trying to win everyone over and get their votes, 
you're pulling out all the stops for Sunday. Yeah. For so this cast out. decided who was in and out. Yeah, the, the actual cast, which oh. is really scary because. I had all my eggs in one basket. I was thinking- The batter basket? Yeah, you know, I had all my eggs in the batter <laughs> basket. I was like, if this doesn't work out, no, because I, I realized this is what I wanted, and um, to be I wanted it more than anything. And I was like, I made all these deals with, you know, I don't know. God? Yeah, I did. I really yeah. did. I was like, hey, you can get me, if I get into the ground, I swear to God, I will never ask for anything ever. Yeah. This is when I, you know. Yeah, this and, is um, it. This is it. You wanted to be a comedic performer. I just wanted to be in that, I don't know, I felt you could you could go to your crappy job and just, I don't think I was a great writer, but I have a, I had a really good ear for exactly what someone said to me. And I always had these like really condescending bosses and I could remember exactly their wording and everything. So I would just write it all down immediately yeah. and then just put it on stage, you know, at the ground. And so I could, I got out all of my anger and everything by just recreating these you know people that made my life difficult really those were yeah. your characters yeah Assholes. and it was just yeah i mean you just got you know it was something so freeing about doing the people that you felt like were you know torturing you <laughs> you know and um, so, the, so those were your, how many characters did you create oh you know you create i don't know like 30 40 50 at the groundies and then like there's only like I don't know, like there's probably 10 good things that you do or, yeah. or you know, and then, um, and then you can save them later for, yeah. you know. Do you remember some of them other than the, the condescending boss? Well, you know, I, I babysat for a woman in Beverly Hills and she was very, very condescending and she was very anal about like things that I touched Yeah, that, you know, like my, I had a paper plate and the kids had glass plates and everything that I touched had to be disposable. I mean, oh you know, it was, all, it was very strange, but, but, you know, but she was so eccentric that everything she said was so, it was beyond condescending. It was just like, you know, the, you know, like there was different water for the kids and there was for me, it was like Arrowhead was like for me and the, I don't know, the <laughs> Evian was for the kids. Really? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? It was just very condescending, but but you know, if you can remember that stuff, and then you, then people give you credit, and they say, "Wow, I love the," you know, I think you you can really write, and it's like, I really wasn't. I don't think that's what it was. It's just, just that was somebody recalling, I met. Yeah, 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 recalling stuff. But you learned how to improv. Yeah, I don't think I was never the great. Like no one ever went like, "Holy crap, Jennifer!" That. That improv you did with Will Ferrell, I'll never forget how brilliant your lines were. I, I don't, that was never, you know, I wasn't the. People always say that. that you had great timing and that you had a unique sort of approach to, you know, comedy. I, I've heard a couple of people say that in here. I mean, I think I was kind of different, you know, yeah. and I always have, my take is probably weirder than other people's on a lot of different things, but I was never the quick, I wasn't the ping pong ball that you can't, you couldn't see because it was going so fast. Was, right, right. I was always envious of those people, you know, that could just like, you know. Just never, it was just Rapid really fire, th like Kathy Griffin was always so rapid fire. Yeah, but, just, but that's not you, and like you, the fact that you sort of go almost the opposite direction is even funnier, that the amount of space that you can take in some characters is hilarious. Right, but the problem is it's not even like a, it's, it's just, I got nothing to, but yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm flatlining at that moment. Don't give me credit because it's like I just I have like I'm not, I don't even have thoughts. That's your style. 
Yeah. Yeah. It just you just go brain dead for a few seconds and then no. you come back around. See, I like that because when you say that's your style, it looks like it's a chosen thing. I like that you assume I chose. It. I don't know that so anyone chooses their style. I think the best thing that can happen is you come into yourself and you know you find your confidence in whatever the hell it is that you you are, and you just do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like I don't, I don't know that anyone, people who choose their style, that doesn't add up to much. It's like a gimmick, right? So it should be more called like accident, accident <laughs> that you uh, are able to utilize. So what? So did SNL ever come around? Yes, yes, uh, they did. They uh, did. Yeah, yeah, and it was a very funny thing because what happened was we all flew out together. Who? Uh, let's see. It was. I think it was me and Chris Kattan. I saw him last night. Oh, did you? Yeah, at the comedy store. Oh, really? He was doing some benefit show I was on. I hadn't seen him in a while. Saw him on a plane once. He seems okay. Yeah, he's a great guy. Actually, yeah. he was. He was a really, really nice. He was really, really nice to everybody. I thought. Yeah, um, he so, seems like a nice guy. And um, yeah, I mean, I knew him quite well too. Um. You know, we we uh, we dated for a while. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, the day, boy. <laughs> back in the day, where, yeah, no, but um. So y'all yeah, flew for, out. Like I have to say, he's one of those guys that you yeah. date, and like you like, you know, if people ever ask me about him, I'm like, it was like a really nice person. Yeah. It wasn't like you know, I I don't have you know usually you know your exes you're like uh but he was he was really a really nice guy, but um. We all flew. It was like me, uh, Sherry O'Terry, Will Ferrell. Yeah. I forget. I think I forget if Chris Parnell was on that first trip. But anyway, we all went out and auditioned. And um, I couldn't tell if it went really well, but there was a manager that actually Lauren led into the auditions because he, rep- I don't know how he got in. But anyway, he went and he sort of reassured me that my audition went really well. Yeah. But um, then we got back and then we were all told. Uh, we all got word at the same time that we were all going to be on hold for like three months. Yeah. I had just gotten a new agent at this small agency and he was like, you know, Jennifer, I got that phone call from uh, Saturday Night Live today and uh, they want to put you on hold for the next three months, whatever. just like everybody else. And he was like, and I think that's outrageous. <laughs> and I'm going to tell them that they either make up their mind today or we're, you know, we're not doing it. Yeah, we're not doing it. Or yeah. We're not doing it. You know, we're not doing it. We're, we're out. No, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like, he's going to make his move. Yes. Yeah, hardball. Like, yes, he did the hardball move or whatever. And, um, and uh, of course, everyone else agreed. Like, Will, everybody's people were just like, they were, but but my guy said no. And then, of course, they were like, well, you know, absolutely not. If you can't wait, you know, that we're not making a decision. So, so that was that. Then, like, two weeks later, I call my agency and I'm like, you know, can I speak to Jeff or and they were like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jeff is, uh, Jeff is no longer with the agency. And I'm like, he's not with the agency. And then I find out from another agent, he like, he went into his, like his family's meat business. The guy who fucked your SNL up? Yeah. I mean, like, well, I mean, it just, just goes to show, now this is where, you know, you know, I was in my thirties at this point, but. This is where, like, if I had just been smart, I would have just fixed this myself and called up and said, look, I had a crazy agent, made a bad decision. But it's so weird how, like, you think 
everything is set when back then everything was so big and dramatic and you're like oh i just i could have just you know i could have fixed that immediately and just said yeah i'm back in yeah I'm back in and yeah. you, you have you have three months to decide on me take your time yeah yeah but you didn't no because i because you know like so many mistakes i've made in my life but that just not having the guts to just you know they don't know what they're doing this a lot of these agents i mean they're guessing too they're like no one knows like i think a lot of the time we have to sort of take things into our own hands and just fix them oh absolutely just sit around and be like and i hope it all works out i mean i hope they all you know well you immediately surrender so much power to these representatives because you assume they know but a lot of times they're just trying to get uh, their own traction yeah and they're just like you know you know feeling their own way and then you just get you, you don't even know what they do when you're not there like you know why didn't i get that like oh you weren't right but they might have thrown you under the bus you never fucking know no yeah no you know plus people love i love how people get really confident and they're like let me tell you how we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna tell them. Yeah, we're gonna tell them. Yeah, you are not gonna wait. But then what happens is it's like it's their performance for the for five minutes. Yeah, and then they're like, I don't even know if I feel comfortable talking like this, but it sounds right. And then, <laughs> but you know what I really want to do? I want to go into the meat business. <laughs> the meat business. And then, oh. and then you're like, ah, shattered dreams. But anyway, it all worked out because that, it's so funny because of all businesses, like that's the agent, that's the guy you put your your career in in the hands of that guy, and it's like the meat business. Yeah. Is it like it was just it was that or the meat business? Yeah, his family's meat business. But I mean, you know, he, he you know, he did alter. You know, you realize like people when you're an actor, like a lot of people like. They're the reason you get a job or you don't get a job or yeah you know, or you know, absolutely you're in their hands. So what happens? That never came back around. I'm guessing. No, it didn't. It, oh, no, I, no, that's not true. I think I flew in one other time and tried to take a meeting with Lauren. There was one time I flew in just yeah. for a personal meeting, but um, how was that? It was it was fine actually. I thought it went pretty well, but I don't know. I think at that point I'd kind of lost my. I don't know. You have all your friends, and everyone's trying to get into this thing. I don't know. It's sort of. I feel like the moment had passed. Oh yeah. And um. And so I went back to the groundies. And I was just doing some shows there, and then Christopher Guest came to one of the shows, and um. And then my life sort of went that way. And I actually, I think, in certain ways, it was probably better for someone like me. You know, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if I was like, could be so, like a Tina Fey, where you're just you know, you know, writing these. Yeah. sketches for yeah. you know, 18 hours a night and coming yeah. up with like, think of like what she was like writing all that stuff and creating it yeah. all and acting and yeah. I, don't, I don't think I would have been able to it might have crushed you I don't think I could have done it to yeah. be honest I would. I think I would have failed I don't yeah. think I would have you know I think I wasn't maybe not built for it and you hadn't done were you doing like like little walk on shit uh, yeah like well actually I, I got my, my sort of big break was I got an episode of Seinfeld and then um that same day I booked Seinfeld, I bought the, I got this series called She TV, which was like a woman's sketch show, and that that died very quickly. But then, um, then I think yeah, really Seinfeld started. Then that then somehow I got American Pie and all of that stuff. Were you, do you think you were getting typecasted at some point? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's what happens. You get like this twelve scripts on your doorstep, and they're all the same lady, <laughs> the 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 weird sexy lady. I, I guess you know, sort of, yeah, like 
trophy wife girls was happening a lot. And then, you know, Legally Blonde sort of helped me get a little bit out of that because she was sort of like, you know, the sort of the loser girl. Yeah. yeah. Like not the, you know. Right. And, and that helped a little bit. But um, I don't know. I think my biggest mistake is just not really just sort of making my own stuff try to you know try going that route where i was i just think i was always waiting around for people to take care of you or just you know i thought i would just find that perfect you know i think that's kind of a fluke i really do yeah well it's hard because like especially when like for me because i didn't you know i i had a lot of like i was around a long time but it always seems that people have their ideas about you and if you don't have a strong enough idea about yourself you kind of believe them for a second oh yeah that sounds good yeah, yeah. That, I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the angry guy. Let me do that. And then, like for years, I couldn't understand why I didn't get anything. It was like because I didn't know what the fuck I was. I don't know what you know what my skill set was really, or what I was capable of, or who I was. I just knew I never fit into the boxes people put me in. See, I wouldn't have really thought that about you. I think you. <laughs> no, you always seem so overly confident. Sometimes I feel like you would go on people's shows, and it would become your show. Well, no, I can do that. But, but like, I didn't have a strong sense. Like, I was so, um, everything's very present to me. You, you know what I mean? Like, I feel the, the urgency of the moment. So, like, I would naturally do that. Like, if I'm on Conan or if I'm on something, like, I'm going to go. Let's go. I did, there's, no, I, there's no pausing. That, you know what I mean? There's, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess it's, I think it's confidence, but it's also just being in the present. I'm not very calculating. I've gotten a little more calculating lately, more along the lines of like, hey, maybe you shut up now. How do you like that? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not great, but I think it's a smart thing. Do you like thing. it better? Do you like it better? Yeah, a little. You know, because like I, I, I recently acted in something and I realized that I was right for the part, but I'd, I'd just done four seasons of playing me and then I took this job. And I auditioned for it. I taped myself on the audition just because I'm like, I can do this guy. But the only thing I knew that was different, because I have a wheelhouse. I think you do too. Like I, there's certain, I'm not going to learn a Russian accent. Yeah, I'm not going to put on 30 pounds. Yeah, I'm not going to play. You, you, know, you know, there's there's things I can do. And I know the limitations of my talent to some degree. But I knew I could play this guy. But he wasn't me because he wasn't neurotic. He was you know, a little bitter. But like I had to turn off all that weird self-reflection, that dialogue, which is really, you know, sort of what I do. And I had yeah. to shut it off for this guy. And I was like, well, that's great. If that's, is that what acting is? You just turn things off? <laughs> just like or turn things on? I think you're absolutely right. I think, to, I think to act, you do have to turn those voices, all the voices off. And it's really, really hard to do if that's who you are. Well, Yeah. Because that's what you think you, you, it is who you are. But I mean, you know, theoretically, you're, you're supposed to be becoming someone you're not, at least a bit. Right. You know, I mean, I've, I've always been confident, but it was always driven by a certain amount of panic. And I like talking to people. Yeah. Like, if you see me on a show and it feels like I'm taking over, it's because, like, I'm so relieved to be talking to somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really, that's the excitement. It's like, so we're talking, me and yeah. you. And yeah. I'm, I'm usually thrilled. You know, you know that's what it is. That's what it is about your stand up and stuff. It's like you seem really excited about to talk about something. Yeah. You seem very excited, but not in any sort of. There's nothing false about it. Well, yeah, it's all very life and death for me. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not very well planned usually, and sometimes I'm disgruntled or aggravated. But I need the connection. So if there's a connection there, 
I guess you're, yeah, you're not insecure once you're talking. That's what it is. Because you really, like, you look like a little pea in a pod when you get going. Yeah. Yeah, you look yeah. like you're having a grand old time. Yeah, if I'm connecting. But if I'm just, yeah. if I was just sitting here by myself, it'd be yeah. different. But I also, like, I, I don't, I don't know. And it's weird. I just went back to therapy today because I'm going to need it. You know, that my perception of me is not necessarily right you know because you get these things in your head that you run in your head all the time and a lot of times they they um override you know decades of experience of every you know they're just old weird shit and like you know i think like i'm i'm very hard on myself and it's like i'm outside and even probably to myself I'm much more confident. I'm a little more grounded now. You know, like I'm good at what I do, but there's a still part of you that's sort of like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. Yeah, you do. Of course you do. How could you not know what you're doing? And I know, like I know on most days what I'm doing. Well, thank God you're not like a brain surgeon or something because like, yeah. I mean, I mean, or maybe maybe they have those moments too, but I hope you, they have them for just. Yeah, you hope it's after the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> But I like that the you're as honest you as you are about those about not knowing because I don't think a lot of people are honest about not know. I feel like a lot of people you te- you know you speak to on a daily basis really you know are pretty convinced they've they have it they have it all figured oh, yeah, out sure. and that they yeah. you know a lot of people the just new don't president have is a very good yeah, example great example <laughs> yeah. yeah where it's like he's a genius yeah he thinks he's a genius. Yeah, but there's a lot of power to that in the way that, like, if you really think you're a genius, it's amazing how that can really, you, smart people, you know, I have a couple of smart friends that receive it as uh, someone who really knows what they're doing. Sure, that guy seems yeah. to know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what when you started working with, um, well, the American Pie movies were a big uh, hit for you, but I mean, I, I've not interviewed Christopher Guest, you know, I've interviewed Michael McKean. Jane Lynch and Parker Posey. Uh, I've interviewed people in his films, but that seemed for you to be like the the like he he seemed to really understand your talent and 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 how to let you do what you do. He saw something. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of us wanted the that like best when we heard Best in Show was coming out. A lot of people couldn't get into that audition or whatever, but I think it's because he had come to the Groundlings. I don't know how I really did get in. Catherine O'Hara told me she had. I interviewed her. She's great. She's great. And yeah. I think she said she mentioned to him that I, I she'd seen me at the ground. I don't know how. You never really quite get the scoop of how it all goes down. But um, I just think he likes women, which is, you know, not that common in the movie business where like a guy really wants to give a very big part to a woman. Yeah. And, um, you know, a decent part and like lets you improvise and stuff. A lot of people are like, you know, Jennifer, just, you know, stick to the words here and, right. you know, and this is someone that's like, doesn't hand you a script and says, just improvise. So that was pretty cool. And, yeah. um, and. Best in show is the first one you did. Yeah. And I didn't expect to get it. And then it was such a good experience. Just, uh, just the whole thing, just meeting those people and. Um, working with Jane and working with Jane and Jane was really cool and uh, yeah. um, you know we were hanging out in Vancouver and it was like there's something about making a movie outside of your element that makes oh yeah it, it's like you know, quiet things down a little huh it makes it 
100, you know, 100% better, I think, to leave your own world. And so that was really cool. We went up there and hung out for like six weeks or whatever. So how many but, movies did you do with him? Three, two? You did, yeah, uh, I think, what is it? Uh, I had a very small part in Mighty Wind and then uh, For Your Consideration. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then a very, you know, a very small part in the latest one, Mascots. But, um, but he really, I, I think just working with him really helped things and um you know i'm forever grateful to that guy you know it's like him and paul whites and chris whites and um you know there's like four guys in town that really helped me out because of american pie i know that was like four or five jobs yeah. and then, uh christopher guest was four or five jobs you know there's like four guys in town that have sort of kept me in the business yeah you know and you've been sober for all that time no <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, you go back to drink, you know, you do, you know, I didn't drink for like 13 years, but eventually I did start drinking red wine again. and Came you know, back course, around? Came back around and, you know. Stuck? Now I'm snorting the red wine. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, at least it's yeah. not Coke. <laughs> no. And, no, and yeah, so so that, yeah, the, yeah, I did go back to red wine. and uh, How's that working out? It makes you skinny and it makes your skin really dewy and um, <laughs> uh, makes you... It just makes you look better in yeah. every way. Oh, good, I good. mean, it really um, oh, good. And improves your mind. Like I find that, um, <laughs> you know, the more I drink, the yeah. more articulate I am. Yeah, that's and, usually what happens. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Nothing better than talking to uh, someone who's had three glasses of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> now, but the two broke girls—that's like a regular gig. That's a real gig. That's a big show. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's How many good. seasons has that been going for you? Uh, this is six. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And you're like uh, on every one. Yeah. Good gig. That is a good. That is an amazing gig because it's, you know, it's that dream job. That you know, I wish I had a family because you know people always go like, now I can see my family, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, who am I gonna see? Who, I'm sorry. who am I running home to? <laughs> you know, I mean, except, you know, I have some amazing dogs yeah. that I like to see, but you know, like people are like, oh, thank God, because you know, like, no, I got time. Yeah, I like time. <laughs> Spend time with my. Oh <laughs> no. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, look, I have a pretty great life. You know, it's pretty great. You know, especially you know, I get the break of of this town, like you and I were talking about. Yeah. I get the break. Yeah, I get to go to New Orleans whenever. Yeah. Whenever this town feels yeah. too, like, you know, uh, claustrophobic. Are you enjoying yourself? Yes, I am. I am. Oh, good. I really am. And yeah. did, did you ever do stand-up or you didn't? I did. I did, yeah. For like th uh, three years, I went around and sort of- Before yeah. Two Broke Girls. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yes. It was and like, how was that for you, the stand-up? I, you know, look- um, New Year's Eve, I went to see Amy Schumer, you know, because she was down in New Orleans and yeah. went to see her show. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm not, you know, just her gift for, her gift for just being- Busting balls. But, busting balls, but just being so precise uh, and just skilled with her, right. you know, She knows her words character. And, her, and, her, yeah. and just she how she, or, you know, tells how the stories all sort of weave. Uh-huh. I didn't ever have, I didn't have that. And you know, I was doing this weird sort of, it wasn't really stand-up what I was doing. I was doing like story, I was telling stories and stuff. And, and you know, look, if you're telling stories to a tr crowd that's drinking a lot, 
you know, yeah. where I'd like, so you do comedy clubs. Yeah, which I I don't know why my agent was putting me in these comedy clubs, and that really wasn't yeah where I should have been. You know, you go to oh. you go to you know Beth Lapidus gives you this amazing. You know, over at the Young Cabaret. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You, I saw you there. You yeah. were in the audience one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, you were great that night. And then, yeah, but she would give you these great opportunities. You get up there and everything, and then you feel very funny. Cozy room. Yeah, and you feel very funny. And then, yeah. and then, of course, you know, oh, no one in Vegas wants to hear your yeah story about your dog or whatever. I don't know. I think yeah, for Vegas. I mean, actually, I think Vegas is a weird animal, and that's sort of where there. it ended. Yeah, no. that that ended there, and I was sort of like, I, I really got to rethink this, but. But I think, I don't know, is that like, do, you know. What? Do I like ever feel like I've just absolutely brought down the house? Like, you know, is that what I think I should, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think. Well, it sounds like what what happened was your agent's sort of like, well, people kind of know who she is. Let's see if she can sell some tickets at comedy clubs. So you go out there and you, you probably get some people who know who you are. And then you get a bunch of people that just go to comedy clubs. And then you got, you're up against that sort of like, I don't get it. Whereas yeah. the, it's hard. And then they don't want to hear, this is the other thing. And I would talk about how, you know, really a lot of what I used to talk about is like how I'm in a, you know, unable to fire anybody that works for me or just how like my, you know, people that work for me are, feel superior and all that stuff. Then you're like, then you're telling like five or six stories in a row of like just how inferior you are. And people are like, then why did I just spend like 30 bucks on this ticket? Like, you know what I mean? If you tell every bad, dark story you have. Yeah. Um, yeah, people start to feel bad for you. It's not the well, or they they just like you're actually you're unselling the show in this weird <laughs> like you actually I spend the whole like you know hour and a half like uns <laughs> convincing them that you can't do the job. <laughs> I'm the wrong choice for tonight. <laughs> Let me tell you how I am. Yes, so you, know. you got out of that. So I think yeah, unless you know, look, I I think it also helped. It has a lot to do with who's guiding you and who's you know. I never really had any guidance on like yeah. I'd ask my friend to get together with a bunch of friends they'd all watch it and they'd be like it's fine you know, yeah. it's fine like you never like you need that friend that goes get rid of that and, why are you telling that yeah, yeah. And, your you house know, isn't any fun <laughs> yeah. you should have done why? it in situate how yeah why are you in overalls <laughs> what the fuck are you doing no you yes if I had only had some of those Boston people <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> to set you straight. No one wants to hear that, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where the, are those? See, that's the that's what you're missing in Hollywood. That's what you're yeah, missing. Yeah. The people that just give it to you straight and go like, get rid of that. Yeah, that's or, not funny. It, yeah, that yeah, yeah, that it takes too long to tell that story. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear that you died at the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just funny. Just but but I have yeah. to say that you know when I see someone doing like what you do and what Amy does and Chris Rock and all these people when people are like on fire there is nothing I'm more jealous about like you know it's like it is what a gift and when someone's killing it yeah it's so you just wow yeah it's so it's exciting and uh, I like seeing it too sometimes. I like when I'm doing it more than I like seeing it. But usually, don't you like it when you just feel like you have the room? I, you know, because I was there that night at Uncab where you oh, had, yeah, yeah. you were like, you know, you, certainly I've seen you do other stuff. I've seen you do Letterman yeah, and on yeah. Conan and everything. But, and you kill on that. But 
you must know when it's going incredibly well, right? And you just—I know when I'm connecting. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it feel amazing? It feels good. Yeah, but I'm still hard on myself. I'm sort of like, ah, that thing. But I'll usually say it out loud now. Like I'll do a bit that gets a pretty good laugh, and and I'll sometimes just like out loud go like, that needs a little more. I think. Like I was you mean hoping, in the moment? Yeah. In the I'm moment like, yeah, you're thinking that? Yeah. No, I'll say it right then. I'll be like, I'm hoping that punchline <laughs> will come up. <laughs> like I know it's funny as it is, but it doesn't have like it doesn't really have an ending. But it, but I thank you for being here for this part yeah. of it. But see, this is the thing. I feel like sometimes when you you know when I start to go where I'm like, uh oh, this isn't going well, whatever. I go into a full on panic mode, and the w- weird thing is like I see it feels sometimes. On some of you, like it's gonna go wrong. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes when I'm watching right. it, it's like I'm like, where is this going? It's yeah. not really going. And then you like do this amazing save, like it was never gonna go wrong. Like yeah. sometimes those are real saves. Wow. Those are, the, some, <laughs> those are the moments. That's my style of improv. Like you know, like oh, this is going nowhere. And then at the end of it, just be like, oh, that didn't work well for any of us. No, but I really, I haven't seen you have, I haven't really seen you have one of those where it doesn't work out at all. I haven't seen you have, maybe, you know, I mean, you no. can pull one up, maybe, I don't know. But but I've seen it look like, it's like you do, I always feel like you sort of know where it is, where yeah. it's going, as opposed to someone like me, who I, I never really know knew where I was going. Well, I, I leave a lot of room for, like, you know, I leave room now. You know, like, I don't, like, I'm not trying to get anywhere in terms of, like, career-wise so like i know like i've got a bit of an audience and i like to i like new things to happen i like whatever performance i'm doing to be its own thing so i have things i'm working on but i'm so relieved if i can find the freedom of mind to just go and you know and that's how new things happen and that's how you know like uh, real moments occur and i really i i i I, I live for those to have the freedom to do that. And the only thing that stops that is fear. But sometimes, you know, you have those runs with that stuff. And like, I've got a relationship with my audience now. Like, I'll do a professional show, but there sometimes I'll do like two hours and there will be moments where I'm like, you know, we'll, I'll do something and, and it's good. And I'll just say like, oh man, I got to gonna work on that one. <laughs> so nice that's so uh, i wish i see it's all right it's a work in progress no, i like that because it's it's uh it, it doesn't get any more honest than that it's just like yeah you know and they you know it's like i know that there are people like when you watch someone kill with an hour and i've done that like the spe- the last the last special i did like it was tight and i knew it had callbacks and i knew where it was going to end and it all worked together and it was like i rehearsed it and i did it and i worked it and that feeling of like it's going to kill every time you want it to be killing every time yeah i like that okay but i like it better when i'm like oh i don't know what's going to happen out there i like that better you do see i do but like you know it is riskier that's why you're that's why you are doing it that's why i couldn't i just didn't i couldn't handle that i couldn't and i didn't like those people and if the someone in the front row was not having a good time i couldn't handle that i couldn't handle that you know it's like that person like because i would never want to be like a hairdresser where someone goes this haircut sucks yeah yeah like i hate it and you know what i'm i'm gonna cry right now and i'm i'm not I'm actually, I can't go to school because this is so ugly. You know, like, I I never want to be that person where someone says thinks I gave them a service that sucked. 
Well, but, what, but a lot of times, like again, because you know, I do the same thing, and I did it for years, and I I had to do those rooms for a long time as an unknown comic, you know, n- looking at disappointed people or looking at people that aren't laughing. But a lot of times, when you focus in on that dude who's sitting up front with the sad face, you know, your assumption is like, I'm not getting through. But he could be sitting there going like, Oh, my dog died today. You don't fucking know. And and sometimes when I talk to Stuart Lee, who's a British comic, he is just he used to be furious about it about that like you know that he couldn't get through or that they were too dumb or what they weren't getting him and he shifted at some point to sort of like hey you know what this is probably wasn't the best choice for you this evening with me (laughs) (laughs) that's really brilliant because you know there's nothing worse than when like you know you go out on a date with someone and they just absolutely don't have any interest in you and then you like tell a girlfriend later and you're like he didn't he didn't even look up from his dinner. Like you're like, he just, he had no interest. And then, and then the girlfriend always, there's always this cliche answer that yeah. girls always give other girls. Yeah. And they go, you know what, Jennifer? He was just intimidated. He was intimidated. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, well, we can all go through our lives and just go like, this whole world is intimidated by me. <laughs> I mean, all these people that are looking down at their car keys right now are just intimidated. But I feel like that's like... That's so easy way out. I, I, yeah, right. It get, lets you off the hook. Like, yeah. you know, because it's, it's like, uh, it, it, it still leaves you with your self-respect. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like, uh, you know, with audiences, it's like, who the fuck knows? And then, and then it gets to a point where it's sort of like, what's the worst that could happen? They had a bad night out. Were they going to tweet at me that I sucked? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, you're right. It. You're right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the weird thing that you learn too, like when, you know, because I'm friends with Louis. You did, you were in Pootie Tang, right? Yeah, I was in Pootie Tang, yeah. You know, I've known Louis a long time and, and you start to realize, you know, when you see these guys that are out there hammering away for big money, you know, in big crowds, yeah. you know, that, you know, they can do uh, an okay show and that's enough as long as the show's tight, right? Like, you know, the part of the job is that, you know, you don't bomb, but some nights are going to be better than others. And some right. nights are just going to, you know, the laughs are only going to go up to here. They're not going to kill, you know, but you got them. And that's just the way that's going to go. That is really the worst feeling. It's actually worse than bombing is that when you bomb, you're like, oh, this is going to be fucking awful for an hour. But I know what, you know, I know what's up and that doesn't happen too often. But when you get them laughing, but every joke is like a fucking uphill climb. Like they never kind of cross to the level where you can just roll. Right. You know, it's just sort of like you do, you put a lot of energy into a bit and it's just sort of like, ha ah, ha Okay. I'm like, what? Can't you just roll it? Can't you just keep going? You know, I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, that that that's the most frustrating because then you know I, ugh, I have to go. I got to go out next week, and you know, I'm you have nervous. to do that. You have to go do that. Like- well, my hour is not so tight, but it's good, you know. But it's like you know, and usually like if I'm not tight, I'll end up doing like an hour and a half. You know, just so they get their money's worth, even if it was you know inconsistent. I go through periods where the fear is gone. But then it's all sort of like, well, I got to go do it. I'm not afraid to be on stage. And I, and I know that I, I live up there, which was a great gift that happened recently, that there's part of me that's excited to do it. But like, you know, if I think too much about it, which I haven't in years, about like, you know, what if it doesn't go good? You really feel that. You feel that. That's Sometimes, yeah. Not, not more lately. Because like I'm, I'm intimidated by, you know, this, uh, by the, the shift in, the tone of culture because of the presidential no, election. No, I know, I know, I know. I guess and, I you know, understand. I but like most, totally of the, understand. Yeah. Actually, and all yeah, the people but, are coming to see me, 
but you know then like you know, before like you, you know it's like hey it's gonna be fun but now it's like it's a feeling like like depending where you are it's sort of like thank god you're here because we're this is all of us we're all here right make us feel better right <laughs> you know, extra pressure yeah but, um it's it, a big adventure this is what this will be this will be yeah that's a that's a okay diplomatic way to put it yeah <laughs> it's definitely gonna be a big adventure or, or a very scary ride well it's great to talk yes. to you I've, I've been informed that your ride's outside oh how do you do see it from you from reading the screen they i just gotta yeah i put the the text up here oh thank you thank you it was you feel good? Yeah, thank you for having me. It was That's really great. Nice. I'm glad yeah, you're nice doing okay. It was. It was great. I liked meeting her. That was nice for her to stop by. I always wanted to meet her. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. And uh, uh, guitar. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Huh? What? Okay. A little. A little. I'm just uh, sticking with the same setup, really. I don't even want to talk about this guitar I'm playing now. This is the best fucking guitar I've ever had. It's pretty new. It was given to me. And I love it. I don't want to betray it by even talking about it or saying its name. Boomer lives!